moms, welcome back to the Moms for America podcast. We've got another great show for you. I'm really excited about this topic today um, because moms are talking about the Second Amendment. Moms want to protect themselves. Moms are concerned about their safety. Um, so we wanted to go ahead and address it, moms and the Second Amendment. Well, the guest I'm going to have on today is a friend. I actually met her when I was contacted about a really disturbing story that happened here in Illinois, and it was regarding her sister. Um, so you're going to want to stick around so you can hear the story of her sister and what happened and really actually what has come out of that. Um, so Mary Callison, she is a caring mama, I should say. <laughs> She's a board member with the One Million Moms Against Gun Control. And she is also an Illinois state rep for the DC Project. So we're so glad that she is here to join us to talk about the Second Amendment in moms. So welcome, Miss Mary, to the show. Glad to have Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate it. Well, we've been wanting to, to catch up and talk about this and share your sister's story and really all the great things that you're doing for moms in the Second Amendment. Um, tell us a little bit real quickly about your family. Sure. So we moved out to a beautiful 10-acre uh, farm about five years ago this past spring, and we have two boys. Uh, my husband is a federal officer, a canine officer now, which has been really fun to kind of see his progression with that. And uh, my boys, nine and 13, they've gotten involved with a lot of like farm things and 4-H and, um, and we've got several animals out here. So Mary does have not a little lamb, but I've got about 24 goats. Uh, we've got four <laughs> horses, a lot of chickens. We just hatched out about another 20 some chickens, uh, five dogs and some rabbits. <laughs> so we stay wow. busy cleaning a lot. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. This girl's got multiple layers to her, multiple <laughs> layers to her. I love watching at Facebook. I'm like, okay, Ooh. she's having more goats and more puppies oh. and more, more horses. And yeah. so anyways, and yeah, your kids look over. like you're having a ball out there. I, I hope so. Except for when they have to go clean up after certain animals. <laughs> <laughs> Teaches them some good, uh, some good things there, but oh, all character building, all character building. Very much so, very much so. Work. All right, it. all right, Mary, tell us a little bit. How did you get so involved with the Second Amendment movement? Um, you're very, very passionate about this. Very, yes. So basically, back in, um, it was actually right after Newtown, and I'm the type of person I do not like to be told how I'm supposed to be feeling or how I am supposed to respond or somebody else speaking for me, especially if I don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, right after Newtown, Shannon Watts, uh, who the original group's name was One Million Moms for Gun Control, she came out basically speaking for all mothers and said that we are all against firearms and firearms are so dangerous and we cannot let you know children and, and basically using the Newtown tragedy to push for gun control and the removal of firearms from as many people as possible. Basically, they're just very anti-gun. Right. Um, I went online at that point and was kind of like, well, no, wait a minute. This is not, this is not how I feel right. at all. Because so, a lot of times the, the, the progressives or the liberal women think that they're speaking for all of the women. Yes, yes. Right, and it ahead. was not at all that. It was not. And so I went online and I just happened to come across a Facebook group and basically what they did was troll one million moms for gun control. And we became one million moms against gun control as a troll, you know, it's like to troll the name and to kind of take, you know, so that it would lead people to our group as well to say, hey, there are actually more voices than the, the anti-gun voice here. So right. I joined the group uh, unintentionally 
to, you know, just to, to lend support. And here I am now we're kind of running it. We've taken it a little different direction, still doing a lot of the same stuff, but I, I just could not let another person that was not the way that I thought spoke for me. And I knew there were moms out there like myself with young children. Mine were uh, just a year and uh, four years old at that point. So it was the ages of a lot of those children that were killed in that tragedy. And I was like, no, we, we, need, to, we need to teach that there are more pro-gun mothers out there to stand up for our Second Amendment rights. So that kind of got me into that movement. Right. Catapulted you to the... Yes. Right. And I think once you get engaged and you start seeing the importance of it and, and networking with other moms and discussing it in legislation, you become just such an advocate about it. So let's talk about women buying fi firearms and how popular is this for the ladies to be interested in, in carrying and getting educated about um, carrying a gun and going through their concealing and carrying. How popular is this? I think we'll probably be a little bit more surprised yeah, as you share some stats with us. Yes, it has actually exploded quite a bit. Um, so I went on, so a lot of people can look up some great stats at Pew Research, um, as well as the FBI stats. But Pew Research had put out a little study and said basically in 2005, women pretty much accounted for about 13% of the firearms owners in the U.S. or purchasers, I should say. Okay. Um, that number about doubled in 2020, and uh, it has jumped up to 25%. So women are becoming some of the fastest growing groups, or I should say the fastest growing group in terms of purchasing firearms. And actually, uh, let me see here, I think by the FBI stats, the purchases in 2020, it was 40% were done by women. Wow. So it has jumped incredible amounts. I mean, in the past, what is it, 2021? So in the past 10, 15 years, women have really started to um, take their safety seriously. They have purchase their own firearms. Usually it's women that are uh, about 27 to 30-ish around there were buying firearms. Um, and they're starting to realize that it's their responsibility to protect themselves. You know, no one's going to be able to get there fast enough to save them. They are the first line of defense in an attack. And so, you know, you're looking at uh, women, obviously there's a lot of rape that happens. And so women are realizing I need something to go ahead and protect myself from that. So they're purchasing firearms. They're joining mm -hmm. women's firearm groups, which is fantastic. They're joining women's like um, groups like a girl and a gun. And, <laughs> uh, well, armed women, both of them. Um, I know both ladies that have started those, those uh, organizations and they're just fantastic and they just keep growing. And, you know, women are, we're more likely to seek out other female firearms owners and trainers in order to learn from them because I think women become more comfortable right. uh, before the gun owner is perceived as this old white male. And, it, right. and that's changing a lot. And I think that had really before had turned off a lot of women to gun ownership is very intimidating. So it's really cool to see just how many women are getting involved to help other women get them more comfortable in carrying, get them to the range, you know, just get them involved. And it's, right. it's fantastic to see that really. Right. And I think now, um, especially this past year with all of the the looting, the, the, the theft, the breaking in, the riots, uh, it only pushes up everyone's fear and wanting to protect themselves. I know here in Illinois, it's exploded. I mean, you have to wait a long time to get your way for cards and all that stuff here. But I mean, there is an explosion in a lot of these states because we we have to somehow figure out how we are going to protect ourselves, whatever that is. Right. But we, we definitely have to deal with this issue. 
Right. Let's talk a little bit about your sister. Um, this is how I, I came to know you. A friend of mine called me and said, did you hear this story? And I was like, oh my goodness, it happened here in Illinois. Would you tell us a little bit about what happened to Mimi? And, it, and it's, sure. I don't want to say it's an irony, but here you're her sister. Right. In your position, championing the second amendment and women's right to carry and, and protect themselves. And then this happens to your sister. So it was on August 29th of 2015 on my mom, on our mom's birthday. And I was getting ready to leave to meet my family up at my grandmother's house. And, um, I actually, my sister was still at home getting ready to leave. She was getting the car packed up with some things for my mom. She's really good at planning. And uh, that day, I remember driving past the street to their house. And I'm like, you know, wave to grandma's water tower to my young boys. And I got to the, the around the town where we were going for meeting at my grandmother's house. And I started to pull up to my grandmother's house. And my, my one other sister, I have three sisters, one of the other ones screams out her window that Melissa's been stabbed. And I, I just, you lose it. You hear that and you're like, your mind just, you freak out a little bit. Like you can't, you can't think right. And I'm like, what? You know, like she, what? Right. So um, basically we got to the hospital and, you know, and learned she was going to survive um, for a while there. I was, I, as the big sister that does all this stuff was like, how, after I, I preach about concealed carry and firearms and self-defense, how does this happen to your own family member? And right. um, basically what happened was she was. And Melissa's at- younger at this point. I mean, she's not. Yeah. She was 26 at the time. Right. So she was living at my parents' house. She was still there just trying to take care of school stuff. And right. I, um, what happened was the guy, this monster basically is what he was. He pulled into the driveway and she was outside getting ready to pack the car. And he asked her for some money. And she's like, I don't have money for you. You know, I, I'm not sure what you need, but you need to go. And they live in a dead end street. Nobody's across the street. So it's very, it, it's just, uh, it's one of those situations you're like, oh, nobody can see it. I have no you know, witnesses. Well, he pulled back out. She went inside because she felt that she was, something was off. He pulled back in at some point, came to the windows, was kind of looking in like case in the place, knocked on the door, and they had a window that's next to the door, and she opened it to say, what do you want? He asked for a phone. She said, no, leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, he proceeded, he was mad about that, proceeded to kick the door in, uh, two kicks, and he was through, and it actually shattered the lock, not the door frame. So the lock itself exploded, and she tried to fend it off as, as, as best she could, but she couldn't stop him, and she ended up... Um, Every time he asked her where money was, he and she said, you know, there or didn't know, he would stab her. So he ended up stabbing her 17 times all over the body. Uh, we think he used a crock pot or some kitchen item that was very heavy and hit her in the head, smashing and shattering her orbital socket. So her eye was like falling through. And then he did take her upstairs to try to sexually assault her. Um, and then basically brought her back downstairs, stabbed her one last time, left her for dead. And um, the, the crazy thing about that was literally two weeks prior to this, we sat on the very stairs that he dragged her up. And I said, we need to get your concealed carry. She had, there was a guy that was kind of in her life, a little stalkerish, And we, you know, we're just discussing that and women and stalkers and protection. And I said, we need to get your concealed carry. Let's go, let's go gun shopping. You know, like just the random, right. you know, nothing. I wish it was a little more serious. We were kind of just, you know, it was, it wasn't taking as seriously because you never, you never think this is going to happen to no, you. You right. do not. And, and you, I look back at that and sometimes that's the hard thing is after is looking back, you know, hindsight 2020, you should have, would have, could have. I can't change the past, but I sure as heck can change the future for women. I can at least 
use what she went through to encourage them and say, raise awareness. You don't get to, you know, choose the time and a place of an attack. It could happen at one o'clock on a Saturday afternoon in your home. You don't get to choose this, but you can choose to be prepared to defend your life or your families or somebody else's if need be, depending on where you're at. So, and and again, this was just a random person that drove into the neighborhood, went around the corner, happened to see her outside loading her car or whatever she was doing, and just was probably duped up on drugs. And and just said, he wasn't at all. No drugs. No drugs. The man was, he was fresh out of prison. He was let out on Obama's um, good behavior program, basically. And we didn't find out until later in court that he basically sexually assaulted his seven-year-old daughter, and he had also beaten another gentleman to within an inch of his life. And we didn't we didn't know how bad this guy was, but apparently they said wow. he was good enough to be let out, and then here he is, almost killing my sister. So she stopped a, a man that probably would have gone on to kill to actually kill somebody else. So she put away a very bad man, um, and they caught him three days later going back to Indiana on an unrelated warrant, I guess. So yeah. It was bad. <laughs> how did she, I forgot, how did she, did she get out of the house and run to a neighbor's house? So he was still in the house, apparently. Um, he must have gone back upstairs. And again, I, I don't know necessarily the, the specifics the on that, but he right. was not in the same room. She was left in the kitchen for dead. Um, he said he just not, was trying to knock her out to forget. I'm like, no. Um, she had gone up. I honestly believe the grace of God got her. I, I don't know how she did it. I actually asked. Did you have footprints? Whether right. there was blood, I mean, it's pools of blood. Right. You know, were there were there footprints left, and there was like nothing because there's glass everywhere. Her feet were not cut. Nothing. It was like she was almost like carried out of the house, and she came to in the front yard, running, you know, naked and just bleeding profusely across the street to the neighbor's house, and that's when they were able to call the police. Oh but God. what people don't understand is just the amount of time it takes from the time amount of time that attack starts to when if you even get out of there, the right. police are then called. The police have to clear a scene before they even let an ambulance in to be able to help the victim. At that point, you could be dead. So if you're not prepared to defend yourself, whether that's you know firearms or non-firearm self-defense, you cannot wait for the police and the ambulance to get there. You have got to be able to defend yourself and, and stop it right away before it keeps progressing. So it, it took a while. Um, we didn't know, I didn't know the Mm-mm. extent until they, we got to the hospital and I would not, as a sister, knowing I had passed by the street when that was happening. Cause that's when I drove past the street is when it was happening. No. Because when I got to the area, I'd stopped at McDonald's for coffee and called my mom and everything was fine. And then when I pulled up in front of it is when we had learned she'd been stabbed. So the other thing that runs through my mind a lot is I didn't carry all the time. And I didn't think I'd have to carry all the time. You're like, I'm going to grandma's house. You know, my right. uncle's an officer. He's going to be yeah. there. We're going for ice cream. We're going, you know, we're going to go to the mall. What does it matter? Right. I pulled out of my house. I lived in Joliet. I pulled out of my house, stopped in the middle of my road and said, I don't have my firearm on me. And usually I carried, you know, but I wasn't, I was lax about it. And I go, what crosses my mind and actually still like you get nightmares about it because you think about it is what would have happened had I stopped at my mom's house that day to see if anybody needed something or to get something for my mom's birthday with my two boys in the back. I would have never been able to stop that. The man was prison yard fresh. The dude was huge. When we saw him, the man was huge. So there was no way to be able to counteract that effectively or, or stop that from happening. And women need to, they need to see and hear 
you need a firearm. You need something that's going to be equal or greater to the attacker that you are facing. And I would have, I would have not been able to help. I, I, something would have happened. My boys would be, you know, seeing things they should not have ever seen. And so I'm, that has made me more passionate in talking to women and making sure that we help as many women be able to be prepared for any attack, no matter where they attack, happen, right. you know, so. And, and there's, and now we're even talking about two situations. We're talking about conceal and carry when you're going out. Yep. And then you're also talking about home defense. Right, right. So both of these are things that we need to be discussing because anybody could break down a door. Look at what happened to, to, right, to Melissa. Right. And we want, we were, who would ever think that were going to happen? I, I would no. feel like I'd be attacked outside somewhere yes. more than just busting down my door in the middle of the right. day. But I, I most likely if you were to look at stats and stuff like that, or what has been reported to police is that, you know, there are so many home invasions and I would get uh, messages from people that had either survived a home invasion or somebody was like, Oh my gosh, Mary, look at this home invasion. This person didn't survive. You know, you're, you're getting all this information now and you just, I am not, I wasn't that professional, like, you know, uh, firearms instructor or anything else that this is, but now I'm, I'm more passionate in at least driving women to those people and trying to help them because you, again, you don't get to choose that time of attack. It could be in your home, one o'clock, it could be at the store, which we've seen an uptick in that in the, in the store shootings, right? Um, school, you, you, you don't, you just don't know. So you, you don't know prepared. Right. Let's talk about though. Thank God, Melissa is okay. Yeah. Let's 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 try. I mean, Positive. thank you, thank yes. you, God. The angels were with her and and protected her. I don't know yes. if, they, if I remember that something like it came close to her spleen. I mean, she could have. It was. It um actually okay. We're heavier. We're bigger girls, and actually really did assist in helping. But um, it licked her liver and her spleen and, uh, I forget which is the liver is kind of self-healing and the, it, it hit the spleen, just needed some bed rest. So it just kind of nicked it, but it, it did it. It missed everything. He, she was stabbed in the neck twice and it missed all of her, um, arteries and everything else. And, uh, in the spine and she, she survived something that many people don't. I just read another oh. story. There's a guy in Chicago, just the other day, man was, uh, that guy that stabbed the other person to death. It was like 27 stab wounds and it ended up killing him. So the, the police, the detectives, everybody was like, I can't believe she survived it. It, yeah. you know, it was something that just, they don't, but God is using her story yes. to help other people. It's open doors. We sat down with legislators. We sat down in Lindsey Graham's office, not with him directly, but with the staff right. that were writing legislation federally on such things as the red flag laws, things that would um, possibly re-victimize people like my sister because they wouldn't like that she had a firearm. So our voices are being lent to um, our legislators' acts. They're, you know, what right. it's going to help them to maybe make a better choice in the legislation that they pass. We're hoping, you know, right. it's not always there. There's a lot of anti-gun legislators, but she got the opportunity to do it. She got the sh opportunity to share with many of our legislators in person. Aww. And it, it was amazing to see. So yeah, we just keep going. <laughs> right. You know, and you, and you can either move forward with your testimony in your healing or, or stay where, where you are and become that victim. But right. she's just turned I, it around. She did. And I, I'm hoping too, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that God's used it in order to help others move past Absolutely. That, victim, that trauma and to see you can still through a horrific event, still be able to go on and lead 
a great life. You know, so many people, the mental th- the mental hurdles are the hardest and watching her right. struggle through that, you still battle demons daily. You still have things that'll set that off, right. but you can still move on and you can use that for good. You know, use something so bad for good and to help others. So that was kind of our thing right after was, I really hope that women <laughs> that had struggled would come forward and be able to share their story or for us to be able to take their stories and use their story to help others as well. So absolutely. Oh, thank you guys. God bless. Uh, yeah. I mean, it does make us all, you hear these stories and it really makes you just pause for a cause here because I know a lot of women are intimidated or uncomfortable, um, myself included. It's taking a, a lot of education and sure. teaching and training, you know, to be comfortable, um, you know, with a firearm. Mm-hmm. So where do we start with, with the moms? Sure, <laughs> where, no. where do we start? You know, people maybe are like, well, I've thought about it, but I really don't know. I hear this story and I'm like, oh, I got right, to right. get something, you know, wh- right. where do we start? What do we do? I think, I think for women, again, especially if you're not comfortable with them, it's helpful to seek out women such as myself or women in your area that have a gun group and say, you know, I need a, I've never touched a firearm. I've never held a firearm. I need to start at that basic, like I need to hold an unloaded firearm. You feel the weight, you can go through, you know, the systems of it and kind of see Mm -hmm. what it entails, you know, the magazine and the actions and stuff. Um, and, and then start off, you know, slow and small. A lot of times people start off with like a 22 in order yes. to at least get that, that <laughs> feeling. <laughs> yes. And that's a great way to do it though, because it's funny and it's, it's probably cliche. You know, you go to a gun shop and men are like, all right, little lady, you need a, you need yeah, a, made a nine mil, yeah, nine yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And, and I'm like, like, no, no. Yes. Yes. And so it is intimidating to go to a fire and usually they're male owned. Uh, we do have, I think it's a female owned one. Um, I'll have to post a link or send it to you. Well, they're um, around the country. We know that there are, you, yes. like you're saying that we, there is a lot of women, yes. you know, promoting yes. Yes. guns so in, in, a, in a healthy way. so much easier now right. for, for women. And if they can, or they don't find it, send them to me and I will do my best to put them into contact with all the contacts we have nationwide. Um, but it is, it's just start out small, go, you know, with a girlfriend, Hey, okay, this is funny. Can we go, you know, check out firearms one night, you know, instead of we're going to the wine bar, we're going to the, I don't, you know, whatever. Right. But, um, just start out small. And then when it comes to actually carrying the progression that I give, and a lot of men will give you, you know, they'll give you a heck for it because they're like, you need to carry right away with the chambered and all this. And I said, if it's somebody that's first time starting out to carry a firearm, Mm -hmm. one, the responsibility is great. You are responsible for this firearm that used improperly can kill somebody or harm them greatly. So for women that are starting out, one, you must have, if you're going to carry, you must have quality gear. And that's a big thing is the holster itself needs to be a quality holster, not a Walmart special. Again, send them to me. There's many great firearms, uh, groups that have uh, or uh, actually companies that have great holsters and proper gear mm-hmm. when they start carrying i tell them carry unloaded because you get used to that weight you get used to the feel and it's it's weird it's weird it becomes a part of you then yes you yes. can carry it on you of course you want to progress through it as fast as possible in order to have it on you effectively if something right. were to happen but you have to move it at your pace and your comfort you know the way that you're comfortable with it so carry unloaded then you can press, come, uh, you can progress to carrying with, you know, one with it loaded, not necessarily chambered, 
but at least loaded again, it awaits because right. that magazine is heavy. And then progress to being able to carry with one chamber because in a self-defense situation, you will not be able to chamber around fast enough. And that again, is a, it's a weird divide in the gun world because people will be like, no, we'll be able to chamber one. Well, you know, because situation awareness, you'll see it, not necessarily. And even mm -hmm. if you care, you're not guaranteed that you're going to survive something, but your chances are greater. Right. So again, it's a whole other discussion on that, but just progress, progress. All right. I don't know if I lost you a little bit. Did it, did you freeze on me? Oh no, you're back. Wait, what was the last thing you said? I think we lost you. So I basically just said, you know, progress slowly, progress. get through yes. it, but get to it as fast as possible. Oh, that's it. Yes. <laughs> so slow, but fast. <laughs> Slow but fast. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Thank you. Because I know, um, I know a lot of moms want to carry and I know yes. a lot of moms are intimidated, but I think it's yeah. just the world that we're in right now. We have to look at all, what's available. And um, I like that. I like that carrying not loaded and kind of working up to it. And, uh, yeah. and then I talked to some mamas and they're like, man, I've been carrying I'm all set. I got yes. five purses. You know, I feel good about this. I go yes. to the range twice a month with my husband and I'm like, okay, I could really, yes. <laughs> but and okay. it, I mean, that could be intimidating as well, but right. you know, you have to do what works for you right. because if you're not educated and you're not comfortable, you're not helping yourself or anybody else. Because right. if it comes to that situation, you could hurt somebody as opposed right. to helping. Right. So you really, the mind, we talk about mindset a lot. Mindset is the biggest thing. You have to be in the right mindset to carry. You have to be mm. safety minded. You really have to think things through and the responsibility of thinking what happens after a situation where you may have used that firearm. So it's really a lot of education needs to go it into is. it. Carry, there should be no restrictions on it, but you must educate. Right. And I think too, as moms, you're concerned about carrying, yes. you're concerned about having a firearm in the home because you have children yes. or you have grandchildren coming over. Right. So right. there's so many, like you're saying, you really have to be in the right frame of mind. You have to make sure that say all safety protocol is taken yeah. and that you feel safe yes. in this situation. Your children, right? They, the anti-gun push right now is that, you know, guns are icky you and we don't teach our children. That couldn't be, that's the worst advice ever. What happens if an anti-gun child or from an anti-gun home goes to a home where somebody either is not properly taking care of their firearms or has them out or, you know, something like that, right? Something happens. You, you, you don't have to own a gun. You don't have to like guns, but you should at least educate your children. If they were to see one, right. if something's out or a situation is dangerous to get out of that situation. And, you know, children within firearms homes, you, you need to let them handle them in a safe and educational manner. You know, we've gone through, I homeschooled this year and we went through gun safety. We went through cleaning firearms. We went through some of the actions and taking apart and putting together. And a lot of it is and with anything. If you take that curiosity out of it, you're going to have less accidents as well because they're not going to want to get into that. They're not going to want to touch and grab and feel and, and, and right. hold in an unsafe manner. So really education is the key in so many things, you know, right. it's educate over legislate. That's what the DC project talks about, you right. know, educate as much as possible. It'll help a lot. 
<laughs> Tell us real quick too about the the groups that you're involved with in case anyone oh, sure. wants to, to jump right. in and, and, and get involved or go there for information. Because again, like we're talking about the main thing we want to do in this podcast is inspire moms, educate moms, and help them on their journey of motherhood. So, you know, all of us, we've come from all different backgrounds, but, but what would we do for someone that wants to, to get more information? Sure. So the group that I'm helping to run with uh, a fellow friend of mine, Rebecca Schmoy, and another uh, Jill Slayton-Daniel, who actually does Mom at Arms, we're all kind of contributing to One Million Moms Against Gun Control. And our purpose right now, we're still helping to empower women and, and educate, especially um, women and children. Um, but we're trying to get gun owners and gun groups connected and, and interconnected right now to bring everybody together because we find okay. that right now we're having an issue with that. Um, the other group that we all are part of is the DC Project. And that's the one where we go federally and meet with our legislators as well as our staff teams. Um, and then we come back and also try to do it on the state level. Obviously, when we started the state level stuff, COVID hit and we've been um, right. backtracking, right? And we're trying to get back into that. So, uh, but basically we are just, we're trying to be the pro-gun voice for our legislators so that we go and educate them. It is uh, nonpartisan. We, we need to be able to work with Republicans and Democrats. We have got Absolutely. to make sure they hear Absolutely. how to talk about firearms properly. You hear so many um if you listen to the news, it, it, there's just so much garbage in the way they talk about firearms and it's it's not right. It's not real. People are so uninformed and that's been the media, which we all know has been just about everything. They misinform a lot of people on many subjects, um, but we try to give them a different face. We've got a lot of different people from backgrounds, you know, every single race, uh, creed, background, you know, history. We have a lot of moms that were anti-gun at first until they met somebody like me that was mm -hmm. like, hey, just come out. Let me just take you shooting. Let me right. just explain Let, it. Yeah, let's you know? just talk about this, right? Yeah. So, really or maybe here's is, is here, education, right? Or here's the story of like your sister, yes. or or is affected by this. Like we're all touched by different things in society that affects right. our circle, and it may not happen to you, but it may have happened to your cousin, sisters, brothers, mother, whatever it is, and then it gets back, and it really does make us start thinking about it. Legislation. It's just ongoing, isn't it? Right. In every it is. state. And, and is there anything that we should be looking for or aware of right now? Uh, so right now, uh, off the top of my head, uh, President Biden had issued a few of his executive orders on things such as he calls them assault weapons. We obviously don't like to use that. I, I think it's very misleading for people. Um, basically, they want to put another ban in place for AR-15s and rifles of the like. There's a there's a big long list that they'd love to outlaw for people. And the, the thing is, millions and millions of gun owners own them. We've got an AR-15. It's a it's a wonderful, useful firearm for the farm. It keeps away, you know, varmints. It keeps the coyotes at bay when the dogs aren't doing the job. Um, so right now that's the big shift is to try to get that, which they had already had that in place, the assault weapons ban of 94. They'd already had mm -hmm. that for a 10-year run and never did a, a thing to stop any type of violence. Um, the other thing, again, like I'd mentioned, is red flag laws, which Illinois has. Uh, a few other states, I believe, have it. They basically want to be able to say your family member thinks you're a danger to yourself and you might have firearms, regardless of if you had actually shown any sign of having an issue. They want to be able to petition the courts and the uh, police to come and take your firearms away until they deem it that it's necessary that you can have them back, which could be a fight. We have a friend going through it right now, basically red flagged by an ex, and it is a huge mess. And even here in the state with the FOID, like you'd mentioned, 
um, getting the FOIA card back is, is a hard thing to get through. So yeah. um, those are the two big things. Um, Illinois, uh, we have a the FOIA law, of course, we have the FOIA card and a concealed carry. Which isn't Illinois. usual in most states. What is it? No, Six it's or not seven at all. I think we're the only ones to have that. Okay. Um, and basically... They tried to fight to make the FOID used to be for 10 years. It was like uh, 10 years, it was like $10 to get it. Uh, now they want it to up it to like $50 a year. Have, you have to submit fingerprints and it's only good for five years. Again, it's not doing anything for fire or for safety or, you know, anti-violence, anything of the like. So uh, that's currently what I think just passed out of the house. I got to double check. It's hard to keep track of all these bills. Yeah. Well, every state, every state yeah. has probably something going on unless yes. you're Oh, it's, it's constant. Although I think we have 21 states now that are constitutional carry. You don't need a license. You do not need a, a permission from the government to carry your firearm. So wow. that's something that it, it, that's, that's been picking up. I think Texas wide, wide range yeah. across the United yes. States of America. Yes. yes. And it makes I mean, no sense because they're like, why one state you're good, but one state you're not. It makes no sense at all. Right. So. Right. When you do call the police, do we know the stand on that? Is it like 10 minutes before they come 15? I mean, um, I guess that was one of the things somebody said to me, well, you know, if you I, call the police, well, sometimes that could be 15 minutes. It could be. And it depends on where you live. Right. So I'm rural. So by right. the time that you call the county sheriff, that Holy could cow. be 15, 20 minutes. It just depends on where they're at right. in the county. And if you have a large county, you're in trouble. Right. So I think it varies by right. location. Um, but you are I the first line like of defense. Yeah, right. I, think I, I can't say for sure. I don't, I don't remember it, but it's, it's, I think it was under 10 minutes for, for certain like urban or more city, you know, right. very suburban, but it could be a very long time. It could be too long. A minute is too long when you're fighting for your life. I That's what I was just going to say, know? even yeah. if it's, you know, if, if we rely on our great police, thank you, police. Yes. Yes. It's still the delay in, unless they're right in front of your door, there is yeah. a delay yeah. in protecting yourself, whether you're on the street or whether you're at home. So yeah. um, and they're under a minute from my sister's house. When that all happened, they're under a minute around the block from the house. Wow. Yes. Yeah. But how do you get so to you are no guarantee? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, yourself. <laughs> you do. Thank you, Mary. You're wow. very welcome. You're very so welcome. great. And um, I did hear the dogs and the kids in the background. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> That's well, <nice>. listen, <laughs> Yeah, it is, right? Well, thank you for joining us. And Thanks I'll put so up much. the information so the moms that are watching or listening can go ahead and um, check it all out and educate themselves. And, you know, that's what we want to do. We want to give moms the resources and the information. So yes. you have a good afternoon out there with the, the the goats, the dogs, the, the cats. Everybody. The, yeah, everybody. <laughs> the horses. All right. That's that Thanks, that. Mary. We thank appreciate you. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And to everybody else, thank you for joining us on the Moms for America podcast. We, um, we love coming to you every week and we're moms changing our world one home at a time. So make sure you join us next week as we have some more great mamas with us. Thanks. God bless.